Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. This is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. Uh, my long-suffering co-host, Justin Curry, has gone to search the windy shores of Iceland on a grand adventure. He's gone to see my homeland before even I was able to return to the place of my ancestors. And for that, I will be eternally jealous, and I will hold it against him for decades. If you're listening, Justin, this one's for you. My uh, guests today, Stephen Call, illustrator extraordinaire and friend of the podcast. Welcome back, Stephen. Thanks for having me. It's great and, to be back. And you have brought with you a humble servant of your efforts. My long-suffering co-host. That's right. Who sometimes works in this studio in other capacities, but today will be celebrated for, her, for his efforts with you and you alone, Ooh. Lyndon Renchenka. I don't know if celebrated is the right word here. Well, we can celebrate you. You're not allowed to celebrate yourself. I don't know. I'm sure Stephen got sick of me over the last couple of days. What's your definition of celebrate? Yeah. Oh, okay, so for the dear listener, let's uh, preface this. This is a podcast about how people write and illustrate things for a living, how you take creative ideas, turn them into, oh, for lack of a more eloquent term, IP intellectual property how you form it shape it and turn it into a something blah a blah yeah we don't like it we we're sort of artists first and business guys second here uh in the studio but we do put our business hats on and in deference to the idea of a business hat you two gentlemen were our studio ambassadors to the toronto comic-con comic expo now and they, it is Canada's largest comics expo. Last year, I think the attendance was somewhere in the neighborhood of 110,000 people. I'm not sure what it is this year, but it's a lot. They said something about record numbers this year, but I yeah. think they say that every year, so. Yeah, they sometimes do say that every year, yeah. it depends. Um, but this is, uh, for those who don't know, these are important because our business model is formed around the idea that if you take your work which is relatively unknown because we're not big famous creators, to a place where people are looking for something they've never seen before, and that's part of its charm and joy and value to them, then you can do pretty well by knocking the distributor and the middleman and all the other hands that are usually in the cookie jar. Uh, you can take them out and bring your work direct to people, get that feedback, get that uh, fiduciary lift uh, as a direct market. And so it's really important. You two gentlemen brought some new books to the show. Why don't you tell the readers, pitch the books. Oh no, I have an idea. I'm arriving at the booth for the first time. You guys probably had patter. What was your patter? Well, if it was uh, Thursday or Friday, you weren't arriving at the booth. No. You were shuffling along with your eyes straight ahead glued to the wall in front of you. Convention zombie. And if you looked at us, you were probably repelled by our state of being at the time, as Thursday and Friday uh, were, were something we should have expected, but we just didn't handle. Yeah, <laughs> so we're already completely derailing your question, but something we've, we've learned about this show at derailing least, my questions is standard. At <laughs> least as it pertains to Stephen and I's experience is that 
Um, and this has happened both last year and now this year. Like on Thursday and you Friday. Talk patterns. On no. Thursday and Friday, everyone is shuffling without looking at us. Or if they are, if they happen to glance at our booth, it's a passing. Like, do not, uh, do not acknowledge me. Do not, <laughs> do not perceive me. me. Oh Move on. Um, and inevitably, now two years in a row, Stephen and I will take those two days and we'll say, "What did we do wrong? Is this whole has coming here been a mistake? We're doing exactly what we did in Calgary. How is it different what's, here? What's wrong?" <laughs> and then we panic and plan to never return to Toronto ever again. That's what you're. Hold on a second. I didn't realize this story had so many twists and turns. Oh, I yeah. thought this was going to be a, hole. This, a tale yeah. of conquering. This is not, a, is not a victory tale necessarily because then, similarly to last year and this year, Saturday hits, and we have the best single convention day we've ever had, yeah. and suddenly, okay, we're coming back next year. This has worked out for us once again. Just in that one day, made it all the yes. Time. Yes. Okay, so a story is somebody somewhere wants something and a complication ensues. So Stephen and Lyndon go to Toronto, what they want. What did you want? Because disappointment we, is that gap between what you want and what's happening. So you were disappointed Thursday, Friday. What did you want? Yeah, we, we had uh, inflated our expectations, very ambitious expectations. Based on previous experiences. Right. We, we did, we'll, we'll, we'll say we did quite well in Calgary compared to other shows. Calgary 2023, so back in April, yep. May. Um, and we thought, well, we the year before, 2022, we did X in Calgary, So, and then in Toronto we did Y in Calgary, so that ratio should stand, and we Just should... Just based on the sheer number of bodies that are going to be pouring past Correct. Right. Yeah. We thought if we do everything the same, it's going to run that way, because... But uh, that, that's just not what happened. Um, like ancient mariners with your nets. You figured as long as you know where the fish are, you'll yeah. do okay. And Both of us are wearing basically fisherman hats today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Thursday, we got you know, into the day. Not much was happening, but it was a lot of like, oh, it's fine. It's early in the day. It's early in the day. It's Thursday. We didn't even have high expectations for Thursday. Yeah. But end of Thursday came around. We're like, wow, we... Uh, but we did better than last year on the Thursday, but we did not get anywhere near where I kept saying. I kept saying Thursday's putting a lot of weight on Saturday, <laughs> putting a lot of weight on Saturday to meet these lofty goals of ours, and uh, yeah, and it just kept going into Friday. Can yeah. I ask you some qualifying questions? And for the dear listener, um, it's important to note that. Um, Lennon and Steven are both have a number of episodes where we talk about the books specifically, how they make the art, how they write it, what they do with lettering, how they're printing it. We have a number of episodes that talk about the creative side of what they're doing. So if you're listening and you're saying, but tell me about your books, we have a lot of episodes. We'll link them in the show notes. You can follow along the journey of making these books. But I'm interested in this, this dark chapter yeah. as your well okay so now before we proceed and i'll make this a quick note as i've spoken to um studio sh- studio um spearpoint as we as we can refer to him justin curry this morning uh and informed him that we would be coming onto the show to talk about the toronto expo and asked if there were anything any notes specifically that he wanted to mention and his words were um, i'm in iceland no his words make were, gregory jealous his words were I had a great show, 
I have nothing but glowing things to say. It was an extremely smooth experience. That's it. There you go, Justin. We will touch on the palate at some point, I'm sure. We'll call that episode Palate Cleanser, but I digress. You're making a big mistake now. A big mistake. Yeah? You already made a big mistake yourself. I want to know if coming to Toronto, how often you've been, how often you come to Toronto, how often do you put your boots on the ground there compared to those other cities you were comparing to? Well, we, we hit those cities, we hit every, uh, we hit a series of Canadian shows once a year uh, for the last two years and hopefully years into the future. Including Toronto. Including Toronto. Okay. We hit Toronto for the first time last year. Um, we, uh, well, we would call that one, if we're talking financially, it was a lot. But yeah. we, got, it, we were glowing at the fact that we got into Toronto. We got there. We sold books. At the time, it was our best show ever. We made a number of professional connections. Yeah, but which cost. are currently paying off, by the way. They did. They did. They did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'm painting some blue sky over here in your dark class. Yeah. But yeah, and that was the thing. It's like it is fan expo, especially last year. There were a lot of pros that we look up to at the show. So there is that added non-financial benefit so that compensates you know if it, if it is a financial loss you're still walking out having met and spoken to on a professional level people who you look up to who might be able to give you tips I was going to say and you received some direct feedback from people who had, yeah. had no reason not to just tell you the straight goods and yeah, it we've was had, good goods yeah we've had multiple correspondence and meetings uh, with, with people out there and it's it's uh, it has been beneficial going to Toronto. Um, well, and a number of people that we met in Toronto last year ended up um, blurbing our book, The Laundryman, this yeah. spring. Like that was those were direct, straight line relationships from that show. Yeah, like yeah. all so but it was, one was at it was the fan expo last, last year. year. Yeah. yeah. So, and for a person who's wondering what a blurb is, um, a professional blurb, a book blurb is basically when someone gives you a pull quote. They're an industry professional, they're well-known, they'll have some uh, cachet in the industry that other people would say, oh, I've read their books, and if they like your book, maybe. You know, you've seen them on the cover of every book. If you haven't really understood how that happens, usually it's based on someone knows someone and hands a copy to that person, and if they have time and an inclination, they might read it, they might review it. They don't always say something nice. Yeah. And so when they do, it's a huge badge of honor, and it goes on to the book, right? And I guess uh, going back to Friday, uh, we got to a point uh, in the evening in Friday where we had not, again, met our lofty, ambitious goals that we had set for us based on zero evidence. Um, <laughs> and we were starting to have actual serious discussions about the whether it is worth it to come to this show anymore, because this year there were less comic professionals um, to to speak to than there was last year. So, so we're like, shoulders with. Right yeah, so we're like, is this show giving us what we need or is it uh, is it draining the coffers? We're like, we're not, we're at that point where we're trying to make that decision and it always, the conversation would always end every time it came up with, okay, well, let's put a pin in that and we'll make a decision at the end of the show. Make a decision at the end of the show. Yeah, with and the facts on hand. And yeah. the, I mean, a consideration there too for 
the dear listener is a Toronto may sound like a big great opportunity show but it's expensive city yeah and and to clarify it is called fan expo em- emphasis on fan like yeah. it it's not a comic it show like this. other large shows like New York and San Diego um, like hundred thousand plus shows keep uh, comics in the name yeah <laughs> and comics are not so much the emphasis or like the, the, the leader that they used to be. So it's a lot of uh, speculation, collection, anime, stuff like that, and which is not quite what we put out. Uh, so there is that factor too that we just weren't factoring. And we're like, how does nobody want the laundryman? That was what we were asking ourselves. On Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday. Um, so you're, it's Thursday, your hopes are broken. Your fears are large. The we crowd end, is huge, but disdainful. We end Friday same Your expensive way. sandwich has got wilted lettuce. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, at that point, we're like, hopefully we can pay for the hotel that we're sleeping in. Right. Yeah. Um, Do we dip into the funds from Calgary that we were going to reserve for printing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and right there, though, I would like to interrupt to say you clearly have a plan you're managing your funds. You've earmarked certain money for certain things. Yep. This is an important um, for people trying to make a go of this. Underline that part in your mind yeah. that they didn't bet their last nickel on this show. Yeah, they put aside a certain amount of money that they were risking on the show so that they could have this conversation of, oh, do we need to dip in? Do we need to yeah. reassess? D- yeah. Disclaimer: Like, if if you want to know, like, red or black, like. We came out of this still up, uh, which is wonderful. But uh, you know, through some creative bookkeeping, I guess <laughs> right. we managed to. So, well, um, it's because we had enough saved up from previous shows this year. Yeah, we did not have to dip into our own personal pockets, which was uh, the really the one worry. Huge fear. That was <laughs> that was the source of any anxiety because Lennon and I both have major financial things we you know in our have personal up, lives yeah. that we have coming up and. And to take out of that was uh, uh, a thought we did not want to have to go home and tell our significant others. Yeah. yeah. By the way, yeah. we lost the farm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I've been gone for five days. Well, now I need to spend a thousand dollars of That's our right. money to, yeah. to pay for it. So, hey, by the way, pack a bag. Yeah. yeah. We got to run yeah. for it. Yeah. Don't unpack. We're going straight through Winnipeg. <laughs> so Friday, as the show wrapped up. It was a it was a it was a dark moment. It was a dark moment. Little did we know that the trajectory of our show was going to change that very night. Due to that night, yeah. And yeah. that's because we had been invited to go to the Raid Industry Comics Industry Party, um, hosted by the Raid Studio in Toronto, the a Royal party, Academy party. of Illustration, Illustration and Design. Yeah, yeah. Raid. And we were a party that we were excited about at the beginning of the week, but then by Friday evening, we're like, oh, we'll we're losers. We we'll can't go, go to this party. Yeah. We'll get out of there as soon as we've said, you know, seeing the people we want to see. Yeah. And we'll go home. And like, we were so dejected. Yeah. Um, but little did we know this party would be a big, big boost for, and, for our morale. And that's because when we attended, we were surrounded by other comics makers um going through the same stuff he didn't just eat their bodies 
He ate their souls. And I joined in. Something we learned yeah. was that that show was difficult for original comics. For people who were selling original comics, there was a lot of... Um, commiseration is not the right word, but observation that the, the sales are not, or were not there for, uh, for original works, for original IPs. Mm -hmm. Anime posters. Yeah. That's what people wanted. Uh, well, I don't say that disdainfully. That's, that's, there's a lot of people at shows like this who, uh, you know, looking for the character for their favorite show. And yeah. Character hunters, yeah. yeah. So what you did yeah. was you came to the right party. There's an old expression here, you know, obviously that misery loves company. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that to me has always been that company lessens misery. Literally what happened. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we were, so we came in feeling very dejected because we hadn't been doing very well. In our minds, compared to the expectations that we had, realistically, we were we were fine. Yeah. Um, but we were treated by the other professionals there as peers. Um, I know you weird. guys look surprised and weird, but haven't I been saying this to you now for like a whole year? Like these it's are weird. your peers. They're yeah. not. They're not people to look up to anymore. You're well, standing side by it, side. It, well, that was the surprising thing. Was like, like. To, to, to be in a pool of people that isn't um, uh, like the people that we all like are used to like 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 you Gregory Justin Jonathan um, Zach like the, the team that we're used to who we are all peers with but like in a completely different pool that we can't see the bottom of right and just having them rustle up those same feelings in us which which is awesome it was really so you, really cool um i've been to the right party and i i can also say that the way they come together as a team it feels like a bank heist i don't know what yours was like yeah but it feels like a whole bunch of creative people all getting together to pull something off yeah this is what those mm -hmm. right yeah so it was a lot of like flies in a jar everybody's bouncing around yeah. quick hello quick what are you doing how is the show next person go to them how you doing yeah um yeah yeah and that, so, that just brought us up so we yeah. had so we you know we were lucky enough to have some conversations with uh other comics makers that as you say we've looked up to that work on some very major yeah. major properties Books that um, stay on the side of my desk every day right, that, yeah. that I work through. And, oh, yeah. and to be treated by them as peers, but also have them take you know, a personal interest in what we're doing and where we want to go, um, it, was, it was incredible. It was yeah. incredibly uplifting. Talking to us with a foregone conclusion that we are there... It's a question of what's next. Where do we want not, to go next? Yeah, right. not not how do you get to the bar. You're at the bar. Yeah. What's what do you guys want to do? Like that's that's how it felt. Right. Ra yeah. Rather than okay, well you know what you're doing okay here. It, it wasn't any of that. It was just Pierce. I don't know. So Some, someone asking us like why haven't why aren't you guys currently talking to Marvel? Right. Is a is a very uplifting and supportive <laughs> feeling. When you're feel when you feel like you haven't been doing very well, because every time I think of that, yeah. I, I, I I have I have to run to the run to the washer. Yeah. <laughs> so so we you know we had our wonderful evening. We chatted with um, professionals um, across the industry, uh, both and then those you know people that were involved with running the show were present. We had a chance to talk to them, which is always good. 
uh, when it's a big show like that to get to know the people that are running it. And when if we you, hit the wall, a very clean Irish goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and we snuck out yeah. <laughs> without anyone noticing. <laughs> Uh, and we returned to the show on Saturday, which, if we recall, um, last year in 2022 was when the, the show turned on us also and became a, a, val- a, a viable show. Yeah. And without fail, uh, we spent the whole Saturday on our feet handing people books, and it ended up being the best single convention day ever for us out yeah. of any show we'd ever done. Saturday is definitely the day where you, your first question of the show, the, the pattern we have, that Saturday was where you saw that pattern. Like, we were, we were moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Sunday um, was still good. It was not as busy as Saturday, but good nonetheless. Sunday is a day at a convention where you, you can go into Sunday having done horribly all weekend and you're feeling all day Sunday is my god thank you for the last day of the show it's almost I'm over to cruise through yeah. we get to pack up oh. we get to go yeah or you can come off on a high which which we were yeah. where it's just like man maybe we can squeeze a few more books out today because yeah. it's a great day we get to ride it to the end and and as Lyndon would say just get one more just one get more. one more. Just do one more. Yeah. Now, an important thing for the dear listener: um, selling one book directly to a customer is can be equivalent, depending on the math, between selling three to five books to a distributor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when you are listening and saying, "Like, well, well, what difference could ten or fifteen books make, right? Or a hundred books make?" Yeah. If you sell a hundred books on a Sunday, that's like selling five hundred to the distributor. And if you're a small press your chance of moving 500 books to a distributor in a single month is very low, let alone being able to earn the same amount in a single day at a show. So if you stack that up with five or 10 days of shows like that in a month, suddenly you're doing the same numbers as medium press is uh, financially, yep. even though you're not moving as many copies. Oh, you can, you can think if you sell 10 or 20 books at a show, that's more than many authors will get in their royalty check for a year. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, I also was lucky enough that I met Frank Miller on Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned, yeah. He was great. He was wonderful. Um, I didn't ask him for anything, which I think was nice. That was my experience with him, too. 1999, that's when mine goes back to. Okay, yeah. I met him in 1999, didn't ask for a signature, didn't want to know anything, just said, hey, Frank, really admire your work. You know, thanks for, you really helped the young Gregory through through some stuff with your work. And he tipped his hat to me, and he said uh, something along the lines of, like, you know, we all just do what we can, you know, and that yeah. was my interaction with him. Yeah. So fleeting, but yeah. wonderful. Yeah. A memory I'll take with me for a long time. Yeah. He has um, an interesting presence. Even now in his advanced years, there's a certain gravitas to his glances. And it's not just because I... It's not just because he's surrounded by volunteers yeah, no, that like are that. telling you you can't get anywhere Because I'm the famous people that I get nothing from. Yeah. Like nothing. It's just like yeah. a guy in the Starbucks line, right? It's because he's hard to read. Yeah. He's very hard to read. Goals. Frank, if you're listening, Goals. we're going to try to be as hard to read as you one day. Yes, Frank. Yeah. If you're listening. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I have friends on their way to collect evidence. I'm going to blow this whole sick mess wide open. I'm going to clear my name. And then we decided at the end of the show, we're coming back. Okay. We're going back. Yeah. We Back may, into the lion's den. We may even try to get bigger. 
Bigger. Yeah. yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. yeah. You're we talking. we're we're, uh, we're not sure if we're at a fork, but we can see a fork and and some decisions we can make for next year. And we're not 100 percent sure, but yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. We got to ask some people if we can do those forks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll um, touch back on the pallet situation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, or would we call that, if it goes badly, you'd call the pallet episode palliative care. Palliative oh. care. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, palliative right. care. Palette cleanser or palliative care. Yeah. Justin, or Dan, please take notes. You, that would be that could be the subtitle for Justin's experience, palliative <laughs> care. <laughs> now it has a dark undertone for those of you, so sorry for that, yeah. dear yeah. listener. Um, okay, so business out of the way. Yes. You did your business at the busiest show in Canada. Yeah. I want to know, how does that make you feel now as creative people to come back? How does it change your to-do list post-show? My, my to-do list hasn't really changed. I have the same lineup of books in front of me that I've had for a year, less than a year. but Like stuff year. you have to get done. Even. Stuff I yeah. have to get done. I'm just... I don't know if it's because of the show, but this week, first week after the show, I've been getting stuff done a lot faster than I have for the last few weeks, uh, which which is common for me. Coming off of a show, meeting professionals, getting a getting a taste of what the full pro career feels like. It's it's like a shot to the to the heart, and and it just you just start grinding, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, my to do list hasn't really changed, but my Maybe I'm getting it done faster. I don't know. Yeah. And from my perspective, uh, I get married in one month and seven days. But who's counting? And initially, Stephen and I had been planning on trying to go to Edmonton Expo in two weeks. Yes. I'm glad we didn't. Um, because Look at you grinning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things, are, things are busy. Yeah. Uh, things are very busy. And I know from coming... Like, we, got, we arrived back on Monday... And Tuesday, um, any minor thing that came up caused me an inordinate, an inordinate amount of stress because I hadn't had time to unclench from Toronto yet. Right. Sure. Um, so, so the idea of another one in two weeks with a wedding two weeks after that would not be a fun time. In our well, house I go to Ottawa next week, and I might go to Edmonton the week after, depending on some details. Yep. But I couldn't do Toronto because we were doing the move, and I was helping out on a film set. Mm-hmm. And then we had two funerals that sort of arrived suddenly in our lives, and so it was just untenable to also pack up my life and disappear to Toronto. Yep. Yeah. Next well, year, though. You can come next, next year. year. I think next, next year we can make it work. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Yeah. You can get in on the pallet. I'll get in on the pallet. Yeah. And, you know, if anything, I'll look at whatever number of tables you guys are getting, and then I'll double that just so that I can flex. Do it. Properly. That's it. more than Justin has. Yeah. I, well, bigger than <laughs> Justin. Let's plan to be bigger than Justin. Justin, yeah. are you listening? Who We're coming for you. Who had... Coming for you, Iceland boy. In his own words, a great and smooth yeah. show. Yeah, no. A great no and beating. smooth experience. There's no beating. It's, yeah. Meet the Buddha. Kill the Buddha. One thing I just remember, one thing we realized kind of at the end of the show is... Uh, just with the moves, with the way we were working on Saturday and Sunday, it felt like what Lyndon said on those days. Saturday's back, but it, Saturday's back, baby. It, it felt like we were working, like we were working in Calgary, and then looking back on Thursday and Friday, we realized 
maybe it's because we had disappointed ourselves, but we had realized there's probably a little bit of us in why Thursday and Friday were were not so good. What kind well, of what kind of vibes were we putting off on Thursday and Friday when we things were weren't going smoothly? You know, I don't want to you know blame yeah. the victim here, but it probably was your fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's because, never the the zombie's fault. Yeah, because uh, in a uh, in the the Gregory Kamichuk signature move on Saturday, right. we were we were just foisting books on people. Putting they walk up even if they were like still moving. You lock eyes with them. You go. Do you want to just look as you're walking yeah. by? Our dis- okay. our display yeah. went virtually untouched Saturday. We had piles of books in behind our the, behind the, <laughs> the display that we would just hand people over the display. So no one had time to even look or pick anything up. And then in hindsight, we we weren't doing that on Thursday and Friday. We were so yeah, dejected we're, we're that we weren't even walk, thinking the walk-up traffic. Yeah. An important part of that tactic for to make it genuine mm-hmm. is, and I have a lot of different books on my table, right? So whatever my most, the one I'm most excited about that day or that instant, that's the one I want to pass them, even if it's not the newest one. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, oh man, I wish people would, I wish people knew more about this one. Or yeah. then I'll get fired up about it, and it's 100% genuine. Would you like to look at this? Like I love this yeah. thing. I work so hard on. You want to look at it? Yeah. Well, right. yeah. yeah. And then and when people, sorry, go ahead. Well, if that's the end of your transaction, if right. you build it up in your heart that all you want them to do is to have seen it, so more people can have experienced it, even if it's just for an instant. Yeah. Then you start to build up in your own, like your artist heart, yeah. the audience, right? Because like so much of art is putting it on walls, people walk by, then it's not about financializing the experience, it's about getting the human reaction. Yeah. So when someone opens it and goes, oh wow, or they're like disgusted, or they're interested, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they felt it, and yeah. that's why you made it. And so when they hand it back to you, you're like, ah, that's what I was. This is what I'm doing it for, right? Yeah, and, and it's like it's an unconscious decision to just enjoy every interaction yes. that somebody has with your stuff because yeah. even if they don't buy it, to see someone smile, flip through it slowly, hand it back, and go, "Thank you for letting me see it." It's the it's everything, yeah. honestly. And then you as long as you're say, making that move, you're going to have some people come later who might want to buy it. And you can say, yeah. "Thank you so much for looking at it." Yeah, yeah. for taking a for taking a minute to flip through. Yeah, yeah. And you take it back and they go on their way. It was huge. Yeah. And then they run back into the crowd. Then they yeah. might come. They might not come back. They might come back yeah. two years from now. They might be like, hey, I remember looking at your book. Yeah. I want to buy one. Or you yeah. get, you also use it as a, um, a human level Goodreads. When yeah. they, people will say like, ooh, this reminds me of. Yeah. And that is invaluable feedback for the creator. We get a lot of that. Right? We get a lot of that. They flip through and, oh, this reminds me of so and something that I've seen. And they're not doing it to try and dismiss the work. They're doing it to try and digest the Relate. work. Right? Yeah. And some people... I've watched it happen. Oh, it's very cringe when someone says, "Oh, this reminds me of Scooby Doo," and then the person that they've said that to, who is the creator, said, "It's nothing like Scooby Doo or whatever it is." Right? I'm yeah. being facetious, but it's not because they're trying to deface or defame the product. They have never seen it before. It's new to them, so yeah. they're just trying to put it in a category. And those categories are so useful to you when you're trying to figure out where your work fits yeah. in the. Especially if you're trying to like hone your pitch, like your totally. less less yep. personal pitch. Yeah. Your elevator pitch. Yeah. We love coming up, people comparing our stuff. Which one did you have that you, you said, I've never thought of that before when they compared the book to it? So, you know, we always like oh, to say... Oh, uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Someone described the laundryman like Breaking Bad. Because 
because my, part I'm of my pausing thoughtfully. I'm part of my elevator pitch for laundromen this weekend was talking about uh, how the laundromat is a front for their business. Oh yeah, as yeah, well yeah. as a place to clean off their clothes so people don't ask questions. Right. Get the and, and, and somebody was just like, oh, like Breaking Bad, like uh, like Gus Fring or whatever, like like sure. right. like not just to launder money, but to launder the actions of the suspicion, business. Yeah. Yeah. To dismiss suspicion. And in our case, literally launder. Mm-hmm. Um, Had that, was that something that had occurred to you before as a comparison? Breaking Bad? No. Yeah, no. No, because no. the But idea, now that you say it, it's, it's right there. Yeah, because yeah. the idea of the laundromat was, was a loose, loose inspiration from Ghostbusters where it, it's just about them also having to keep a business going right. while they're doing the work. Uh, but, um, but like leaning into that, that laundering bit. It, complete aside... But it's related to Ghostbusters, and another favorite movie of mine, um, Big Trouble in Little China. I found out recently that Egg Shen's place of business in Big Trouble in Little China, when they walk in and and Kurt Russell looks around, he's like, "Oh, this place is a dump," and they're like, "No, stuff in these bottles is priceless." He's a very rich man, right? That is the same building as the Ghostbusters fire hall. That's shot in the fire hall, and that's why they slide down the poles into the underground because that's the fire hall poles from that building. Oh. So in some shared universe, before the Ghostbusters by that building in New York City, it somehow existed in San Francisco, Chinatown. Right. So it's like a magical building that's connected quantum in two places. Fire halls. Quantum fire halls. They're entangled. Now. That's a book title, Quantum Fire Halls. I try to slow my heart down and breathe the fire out of my lungs. My muscles make me a thousand promises of pain to come. Uh, relevant to you and your attendance at the show next year, we had a lot of people lamenting to us the lack of horror content. Oh, God. I have so much the, for you if you're the there. Toronto show. <laughs> come in, come in. I've got your horror content. Numerous people coming up being like, yes, horror, finally. Yes. They used to have a horror alley here, and now it's gone. Be careful uh, how you pronounce that, but yes. I said horror alley. Yeah. <laughs> they used to have both pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> we'll detail of the tape later. Yeah. So horror content, I have definitely seen an uptick in my own pitches if I let people know that the Midnight City, while it is pulpy and superhero-y, is mostly horror. Mm-hmm. That's a bigger sell than the pulp content. Yeah in a lot of crowds yeah it's interesting and i've seen a hunger for good horror recently and and horror and science fiction um apocryphally have been recession proof you know is how people used to talk about it all the way back to the 30s that when you're trying to escape you know the detritus of a a world that's failed you reading a story where things are worse for someone else is a great escape right now i have a, a question about show about the show and shows in general that you can choose to go into at whatever depth you feel is appropriate. Uh-oh. Um, Steven and I had two tables uh, in line row at, on the show floor. In line, I like in, in line. In Toronto. Yeah. Um, at about the halfway point of Artist Alley. Of a row, yeah. yeah. How do you feel the, being in the, you know, the thick of the Artist Alley compares to being at a show like that and trying to get in on a professional table. On the wall. On the wall. On the wall. Never. You're not anybody. 
don't take that the wrong way. Yeah. I'm not anyone either in that level. Nobody is going to check the website and see, oh, GMB Kamishik is coming and think, oh, he'll be in the guest row being treated to a green room. That's not in people's mindset. Yeah. You're not Jeff Smith, right? Of course. So, yeah. so um, and as a result, the amount of space you're given, because the assumption is these people are famous enough, they don't need a lot of space, the draw is themselves. Yeah, so you get one table yeah, as a guest. Not worth it. Because you can't get enough attention at that I've been a yeah. guest of many shows, what and about, so I've done it in both the, ways. The mechanics of treating the pro table like an artist alley table by pushing the limits of the rules for decorating your booth well, and so capitalizing from on experience, not paying for a table. From experience, yes. yeah. if you're sitting next to a person who has no display and a big name, yeah. and you have a big display and no, and no name, name like I do, yeah. there is a lot of ill will that gets leveled at you from that. So group. Okay, so one. Be- because strangers do come up to your table, yeah. Yeah. interact, yeah. and they now, the pro, has to listen to your freaking pitch all day. Yeah. Well, why don't they try that? So what? Yes, they so don't one, need to. They've done it. They're so, beyond it. They're, so why why should it. we care what the pro that's sitting not getting commissions next to us at the show thinks? And my follow up question is because you're all cur- in it together. That's why currently you we're care. looking at two tables. Um, in theory, we could upgrade to an end cap. How would having an end cap facing the pro table be different from? two of us having two pro tables side by side but being able to extend our display across two tables. Okay, if you're looking for my opinion or if you want to have a discourse about it, my opinion is you're better off at this stage in your career to pay the money, even though it's very expensive, to have a booth that's yours that you can do what you want with, than to be in what is essentially considered a common area. Mm. Everyone there is supposed to follow the same rules. They've all been invited the same way. Why do you get to behave differently in this common area? Because that, that was a question I was going to ask. Is like, What happens in some parallel yeah. future where I... I used to think differently about it. This is now experience. Yeah. I used to be yeah. like, hey, I'm here just and, like and you. That's I got, yeah. I got it. And I did that. I went and I got, my, I got invited as a guest a number of times. And I, I continue to be invited as guests to shows. Yeah. And I prefer to pay for my table in Artist Alley. So... so, so and I will say, so yeah. if shows, if you're listening, I'd love to be a guest of your show. And there are some shows like Montreal, Quebec, Winnipeg, and Ottawa, which bring me in as guests and allow me to have my guest table in Artist Alley where the people are. Okay. Right? So, so this might be a big hypothetical, but what about a scenario where you've come up in Artist Alley, you've got a style at cons, how you do it, um, and but you also have the name. Do you so have a style or do you have a brand? So let me give you an example. If you are um, Todd McFarlane, you have your own brand. And maybe he's a bad example because he's so big already, yeah. right? It's yeah. not what we're talking about. Let's instead think of someone Sean like... Sean Gordon uh, Murphy? Uh, pardon me? Sean Gordon Murphy? Great example. Okay. Sean Gordon Murphy is now a brand. Right. Right? Not just a name in comics even though he's mostly doing corporate comics, yeah. he's been given his own imprint. He gets to call the shots. Yeah. That's its own brand. You have the ability now to make a booth related to the brand. Yeah. Right? That's going to be different than if you're just a person taking the king's shilling on every corporate book. Yes, you're more well-known, but now you're in the common area. 
You're at the court. Your rule set changes. You don't get to have a throne like the king. Right. You're at okay. court, right? Okay. And there's a hierarchy there, and you have to follow those rules. I don't like them, yeah. but I observe them, and I see people get frosted out for behaving badly in those areas. But so, so now my complaint is, as you said, everyone is invited the same way. They're given the same set of rules. Yeah. And th- it's not that, you know, in a hypothetical situation where Stephen and I would have a table along the professional wall, it's not that we would be breaking those rules. We would, we would be, be abiding. Standing. We'd be abiding by the rules set by the convention, and it's the conduct of the professionals that you're claiming are setting the rules. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not defending the behavior. Because one of the things that drives me crazy... I don't crazy think it's great that a lion leaps on a gazelle when it's just trying to drink from the water. One of the things but that's that, nature, boys. That's if, just how it's going to happen. What if that gazelle's the size of an elephant? So right? one of the things that drives me crazy at these shows is that so many of these, these pros will come and they sit at their table and they sketch the whole time and yep. they don't look up and they yep. don't talk to anyone and then they complain that no one wants to buy stuff from them. Meanwhile, we could be on that wall standing. Handing people books. Handing people books, talking about our books. Another person you should get this direct, you should ask this direct question to because he has a different modus operandi, but he wouldn't be ashamed of me name dropping him or suggesting George McHale. Sure. When he gets invited as a guest, yep. he and his writing partners will often well, ask to have their tables together. He inspired this idea. And they'll do the whole dog and pony show. Yeah. Right? I don't think it works badly for him. I'm just speaking about my experience. Right. Um, I can be pretty loud. I can be pretty boisterous. I don't mind making a fool of myself. Uh, yeah. Some people, if they got to stand by me 10 hours a day for four days, that's 40 hours of Gregory. Come on. I can't expose people to that. Like, for me, it's also, it's not good for my... Yeah, because we were just looking up and down and trying to make this decision. Like, like, uh, should we look into an end cap? Should we try to get onto a pro table? And and it was there was like the thought process of like, there's f- five or six big names that people are there to see this year. I have an Last idea. year was like ten or twelve, and this year's like five or six. And then everybody else on the wall, they all have published work. They're all very very good at what they do. And like exceptionally good. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah but, but you wouldn't pick them out of a crowd no more than you pick Lyndon and I out yeah, of a yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Being comics famous is interesting because it's not your face ever. Yeah. And so if it's your work, how come they don't have a big poster of their work? That's right. right? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Strange. I've never understood that. Yeah. Um, that's for a whole other discussion, but an idea just occurred to me. We're all going to be sharing um, the table of contents on a number of projects coming up. Yeah. And so this time next year, maybe the way that we can make good on our boast to be bigger than Justin is we could get an end cap and the two tables, inline tables behind the end cap and have two L's that join. So it would be the size of Justin. We'd be the size of Justin. No, we'll get, we'll make sure it's one table more okay. just so that we can tell him that it's one table it's like more. like Power Rangers, Justin's the big monster that That's grew right. and we're the Megazord. But if we had two L's that ran down yeah. from the end cap, you guys could have the benefit of the end cap and the inline. I could have the benefit of the end cap and the inline. We could, yeah. uh, we could flare bartender the whole yeah. thing together, do our draw and doodle trade exchange all down the little column so that no matter what side people came down, yeah. we can uh, expose them to that work. Somewhere far away from Justin. No, no, no. I have to Just, right in line with him. You want uh, to be near his right Justin? Justin's on huh. the opposite end yeah. so that we can get him assigned dead works. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Hit him again, <laughs> Wendy. Uh, uh, Harder. Uh, 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 uh,
There is a, and we've talked about this um, in number of times on the show that like it, they feel overshadowed. Guys, there's a hundred thousand people there. If there's a crowd, be near it. Yeah. Right. And like absolutely. that was our realization on Saturday. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Get in there. Different subject, but same same uh, world. Uh, big tip for anybody going to Fan Expo. We've done this two years in a row. We did our lodging in two very different ways. Go for the hotel pricing through the convention. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> of course. Yeah. It, like all all in. Last year to this year, we probably paid roughly the same, if not a little bit more, for the hotel. A little more this year, yeah. Uh, but you were at the Intercontinental, right? No, no, we were at the Sheraton. Sheraton oh, Center. Okay. So right close there. Yeah. And just Ten minutes. Toronto Fan Expo each day. They like they are technically like shorter days than some Calgary days, but they are long days. At the end of that day, you just want to crash. You don't want a thirty to forty minute Uber to a suburb Correct, where yeah. where you can so you can yeah, save fifty bucks a night to sleep yeah. on a futon. To sleep on a futon, yeah. yeah. And so la- yeah, yeah, last year we stayed. Um, it was about a twenty five minute Uber from the convention center. I slept on a futon. Stephen slept on a bed. He's the talent. Uh, right. That's so good. we that's had important. to treat him right. That's right. Um, Writers on the floor. That's no, right. Hardest on the we bed. Walk, we walked in. and He said, "I don't care." So I said, "I'm taking the bed." <laughs> <laughs> this year we stayed at a four star hotel, five, ten minutes walk from the convention center, with a pool and a sauna. And did you use the pool or the we sauna? Did, we did use the pool okay, and the well, sauna. Right, yeah, right. we need well because after standing for a day, it's good to get those muscles loosened again. Listen, you guys are talking the baller life already. <laughs> um, if you want to feel even more pro, you stay at the Intercontinental and you ask them to carry your stuff to the show. Yeah, well, unless you have a pallet and there's nothing to carry. Yeah. But, uh, so yes, and, and obviously the most comfortable beds in the world. Um, and we probably, when you factor in that we had to pay the to and from Uber last year, we probably ended up uh, saving, or we probably ended up spending, I don't know, maybe $40 more a night for the nicer hotel. Right. And that's because we booked through the Fan Expo block pricing that the convention makes available and needs to be booked in like February. Mm-hmm. And if you wait too long, then they're gone and you're paying full price. In downtown Toronto, you're looking at four or $500 a night. Yeah, I find it depends on the experience you need to have after the show. Like I'm going to um, Ottawa next week and there is a hotel next to the convention center there. I don't want to stay there because the convention center is right beside the airport. Oh. And Oh the, yeah, I remember looking up looking that up. Yeah, yeah, and I want to I want to be able to decompress, do some writing, feel like I have a lot of work I have to do also. And while that may seem like well then it doesn't matter where you go, for me it does. And I love to write in white noise and work with white noise so I picked a spot that's 15 minutes away from there in a little like there's a little community where I can overlook the river have a nice time great idea it's a B&B so it's, it's super show specific yeah, no, no, we're, like, yeah with Saskatoon we all rented a big house yeah and it was awesome yeah. and 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 we were all able to work it was very communal because we were there for a lot longer yeah um, I think it's very show specific, and yeah. like you said, what what experience you're looking to have after the show. Yeah. And in Fan Expo, it's just somewhere to crash, go to sleep, in very close proximity to the convention center. That's how we felt. For the Vancouver show, I like to be within a block or two of the convention center, and so I'll often 
book even a if I'm booking a and I'll take a room like in someone's house. Like I don't even care okay. if I get the whole space or not because I just love the convenience of walking down the hill to the show and up the hill to my bed. For some reason, Vancouver, I just I want to be right close. I think because of the mountain and the pier that's all right there, it yeah. just feels like it's that's a cool right. spot. There. Well, yeah. and we stayed yeah. within walking distance of the convention center when we were in Calgary. Also, it was very convenient. Yeah. Definitely good with that again. Yeah, um, it wasn't an option in Saskatoon, so we ended up just finding the nicest Airbnb we could. Yeah. Okay, so here's my, we're gonna round out to a, uh, to a final set of ideas here for the show. Toronto began scary. It did. Yeah. Redeemed itself. Huge. Largely in part, I think, because you realized your people were there once you sought them out, found them, commiserated, mm -hmm. and then renewed, you dove back in into cell mode, mm -hmm. right? But there's also my favorite part of the show is the things that when you're there, you see people trying, they've innovated, they've done something that surprises you. What inspired you about the work of others that you brought away? These are incomparables. Nothing to do with money or business or whatever, just some... Like the mechanics of their booth or their anything. content? Okay. Content, mechanics, anything. Like what is something that you were like, oh, yes. There was something. You complete me. More fan art. Lots of fan art. More, it was to, to produce more fan art. Like that you need to produce more? Yes. Art? I correct. don't know if you do. You Maybe you at, should produce at less. That show. At, at that, that show. At that show. The, we, the first, actually on Thursday and Friday, we were buoyed once again by the Hellboy print. Right. Yeah, people, that really kicked things off. People love yeah. coming by for art prints. And, you know, most, our, we have two wide tables dominated by books and maybe... Maybe an eighth of our table space had a single flip-through book of prints. Yeah. People loved it. People loved to stop and flip through the prints. They didn't want to look at books. They wanted to look at, at prints. And while they really liked Hellboy, there were a couple prints of my monsters yep. completely... From the books. IP, like Just made original. up monsters, original monsters that people were... Like, we sold out of one of them and yep. we're down to one of the other ones. Isn't yeah, that the greatest feeling... Just as a creative person, yeah, that a thing you labored on quietly, yeah. whatever your influences were, that that congealing of your influences through your style into your own thing, yeah. and you're like, oh, I wonder if people will get it, will yeah. it touch that part of them that's like me? How will they see it? When it happens, you see that twinkle. Yeah, that's everything cool. for me. Yeah, it was it was really cool to have somebody excited like people. People get excited about our books, but to get excited just about an image that I created enough to buy it as a print was a lot. To spend the same amount cool. of money on a book as a yeah. print. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there was something in the weekend that I thought of that I saw somebody do that I thought was smart and we could integrate into our booth, but not 100% sure. I know it was just a lot of talk of more like when a print sells, Lyndon giving me a look, being like, Someone comes print, over. Print oh, book. look at that Hellboy! Oh, look at the look at the Batgirl! Yeah. Oh, we look have a Hellboy. Okay, print? see, but again, that's just people buying what they're aware of. That's right. And that's why this comes back around to the idea of, with your whole heart, do you want to look at this thing you've never heard of? You put that book in their hand, and now next year they come back and they see those monsters, and they've heard of them, they've seen them, yeah. they understand. People just want, and when I mean people, I'm separating like people who. Um, support the arts through their attention or their wallets 
and people who create art. So the civilians in this case, what they want is to feel comfortable with their purchase, that they understand it completely, they know where it sits, that it makes sense, mm. right? That's what people are there for, escape. But they also want it to make sense to them, mm. right? So if you give them the ability for it to make sense, so stuff that's like Hellboy that you're producing, you can anchor that print with deference to Mike Mignola. Thank you, Mike, for making such a cool character that people now recognize and doing that labor of 30 years that people recognize. So that stuff that's inspired by that, they can also see and be like, oh, I like Hellboy. Oh, this is like Hellboy. You put it literally side by side, mm -hmm. right? So the work of mine that's like Frankenstein and Dracula, I put beside my Frankenstein and Dracula print. Ostensibly, Frankenstein and Dracula are fan art prints, but because it's firmly in the public domain, they don't qualify, quote unquote, as fan art. But people, that board authority infuses their knowledge of the rest of my work. Oh, this must be like that thing that I know. So find, you can find some of that stuff and just mm -hmm. fly the flag big, mm -hmm. but then just have it more your work than theirs, I right. think is an important step. Right? You, he's pointing at me for the record, dear listener. Yeah, Lyndon, you, as a writer, did you go around and say, ah, that person I want to work with. Oh, that person I want to work with. Is that starting to happen yet? No. Where you're starting to collect people for projects? No, because I'm still nobody in my mind. Right. But you so should start collecting people for projects. Okay. No, no. I'm, yeah. Not at the point where I would think, where I would comprehend why anyone would want to work with me. Well, dear listener... Lyndon, Lyndon won't tell you, and I won't tell you either, but there's some moves going on in his life behind the scenes. People will want to work with him. So, well, more get in like line. people he has forced, coerced, coerced yeah. into letting through it deception. Work with him. Yeah. 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 Well, blackmail, you know, this is how, well, of course, this is how, the, this is how the industry works. Yeah. 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 You have to know where the bodies are buried. Well, gentlemen, I have uh, greatly appreciated you sharing your wisdom and your frontline experience with Toronto Fan Expo. Um, well, I thought you would be, yeah, brazen, conquering heroes. I was a little bit sad when you started your tale. I thought, oh no, what has happened? What have I encouraged you into? As an enabler of this kind of behavior, I felt somewhat responsible as you were telling that sad tale. Um, but I'm glad to hear it had a happy ending, and I look forward to what you do next. If people want to track you down, where should they go look for your work? Go to uh, infinitestudio.ca. That's where you can purchase all of our books, digital or physical, as well as you can reach our social media through that outlet as well. And if you want to reach me outside of that, it's Steve Call. My last name is K-A-U-L, Art, on Instagram. Steve Call Art. Uh, yeah, you can find all of my social media on infinitestudio.ca. Excellent. Well, this has been... Super Pulp Science, I'm Gregory Kamichuk, encouraging you all to join the fight and make comics.